on air. We've been able to help a few different customers make a difference and make a real difference. This is On Air by ANZ Institutional. We bring you the latest market-leading analysis and thought leadership from more than 30 global markets, giving you the information you and your business needs to thrive. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the next Chatter Now series ahead of Cybos. Today, we have Lee Marnie, ANZ's Head of Wholesale Digital. Hello, Lee. G'day. Thanks for uh, inviting me to come along. Uh, Lee, we're seeing APIs continue to grow as a tool for our customers. What are we seeing in ANZ that's new and innovative in this space? It's interesting. You know, APIs have been spoken about for quite some time, and I think that they're a bit of a to some degree, an unknown quantity for many of our corporates. But where we are seeing a lot of interest in using APIs is around helping our customers execute their strategy around, for example, client monies management, how they can make payments faster as a result of things like insurance claims or any type of environment where they need to be able to get information quickly and not on a batch-based environment. And so, you know, for a lot of our customers, what they're looking for is that differentiator. What is going to help them be better than their competitors, whether it be insurance claim payments, whether it be, you know, equities and stock purchasing, whether it be being able to have access to real-time information around balances and transactions, and what edge can that give them uh, to help them execute their strategy. So they're the interesting sort of use cases that we are actively pursuing with our customers. We've heard a lot about the impact of APIs, as you mentioned. So as the usage increases, are we seeing some of that promise from previous years being fulfilled? I think so, but it's, it's at this point, I'd say that especially in the Australian and New Zealand markets, it's perhaps a little bit immature. We are seeing a lot more demand for um, especially balance and payment APIs in the corporate space and from corporate treasurers in, uh, in Asia, especially in Hong Kong and Singapore. Um, in Australia, we've deployed a couple of really useful use cases, but I think we've got to balance this with the maturity of the customer that we're dealing with and the legacy of their own environment. They've probably got their own Um, return on investment hurdles that they've got to um, pass when they're implementing new solutions. And in Australia, um, I'd like to see a lot more demand from our corporate customers for APIs to drive a number of different use case scenarios, regardless of what that might be, whether it's payments, whether it's balance and transaction reporting, whether it's FX, or, you know, for example, client money management. I think we've got a real opportunity to help our customers out, but they need to be ready. And that's, I think, the most important thing. We can be ready, and we have been for some time in certain areas, but our customers aren't generally. And so I'd like to see a lot more demand for it. In fact, most of our flows today are still the typical old batch-type interactions with our customers, and that powers anywhere on a daily basis between 60 and 80% of our payment flows. So, I mean, you mentioned a gap. I find that interesting. What is the gap and what what do you think the drivers are there? Generally, I think the gap is one where our customers have to do a number of things in order to get ready for being able to either consume APIs or to generate their environment to be able to deal with real-time 
in a better way than they have in the past. If you take an insurance company, for example, insurance company that's been around for decades, has a lot of technology legacy in much the same way as banks have, their internal processes are all still based on batch. Their ERP systems are still based on batch. They're, they haven't been able to move along with being able to use things in a more real-time environment. And so I think the big gap in the in the consumption of APIs is not only around legacy, but it is with regards to readiness. Is that company and all of its procedures and all of its policies and all of its legacy ready to be able to consume something where you know you make a call and many seconds later you get a re- response? Is the system ready for that? And if it's not, what do we do about it? And I think that that what do we do about it answer is where we have really meaningful conversations with customers about how we can help them get ready. What are we doing around APIs to make doing business with us easier as a bank and how are you seeing that play out? I think that we've got some really good use cases where we've been able to help a few different customers make a difference and make a real difference. And so I've mentioned it before, but it is an under... I think it's an underplayed use case where you know we are using payments APIs to help uh, power insurance companies pay claims, right? That are really important for their customers and are differentiators to their competitors. I think that um, that, that that is one that we've spoken about before. I think it's really important. I think that we've we've also seen travel insurers use APIs to um, consume flight delay and cancellation data and then provide their policyholders back with proactive payments for events covered in near real time, right? And that's a different type of use case in that same industry. So I think that's a differentiator. I also think that where we've got uh, a lot of customers who have taken advantage of using their systems that are managing client monies to help them drive the turnaround of let's say, a, a customer wanting to make a payment so that they can buy stock, right? Shares, whatever it is, right? Um, in the past, that would be you need to make a BPAY payment. You know, you might get that into an account and be able to verify it in two to three days. Then after that's done and you've set up an account, then you can trade. Well, we're actually power, helping power our customers to let them have their account holders open an account make a payment in via a real-time payment mechanism, identify it immediately, and then start to trade within you know, 20 minutes, right? These are really powerful use cases, I think, that are helping our customers make a difference uh, in their environment. Lee, where does ANZ see its role in the market around APIs? Do we see ourselves as sort of centre for innovation? Yeah, great question, Shane. I think that um, one of the challenges with APIs is to some degree rushing to market. Um, We've had a lot of experience and success around traditional integration with our customers and we deeply thought about how we would extend APIs to our corporate uh, customer base. And given the benefit of that experience, you know, the, the question I asked myself was, do we want to be a market follower or a market leader with exposing this capability. Now, of course, you need to take into account when you're doing this considerations around security and controls. You don't just let anybody in. Um, how do you document 
and release the documentation around how, how an API is used to customers? How do you keep it modern? We've considered all these things when we extend stuff out to customers. And so to give you an example, there's been, you know, we, we offer a number of very discrete API services to customers that can be consumed by them that are sort of single purpose. The example I would use is a lot of banks with payments offer out an API that is like a super API. It can do any type of payment anywhere. And I've been asked the question, well, why don't you do the same? So a number of banks um, follow that sort of super API approach, Shane, and, and we've chosen not to do that because a super API, for example, on payments requires interpretation. It requires programmatic logic that sits behind it to say, what is the customer really doing here? Do you want a payment for Hong Kong or Vietnam or Australia? What type of payment is it? Is it cross-border? Is it real-time? You know, it requires interpretation. Now, interpretation logic adds latency, right? It also requires the customer's developer to incorporate a number of error routines and error logic so that if something goes wrong, depending upon 200 different circumstances, they know how to deal with it. Now, our approach is actually to be very focused by providing sharp APIs that do one thing only. If you want a payment in Vietnam, it does that. If you want a payment in Australia, it does that. If you want a certain type of payment in a certain geography, it does that. Why? Because that reduces the lead time for a developer to be able to consume the API. It also reduces their time in error logic, and it makes it really focused and sharp on their integration. What that means then is that it's actually easier for them to integrate with us than to interpret. It's also on our side easier for us to be able to make sure that we can guarantee SLAs to the customer around how fast something might take. Because a thing, you know, an API that does one thing is easy to guarantee. An API that does 200 things and needs interpretation is a lot harder to guarantee. And so our approach on this, I think, is not follow the rest. It's actually try and be a leader and be sharply focused on what our customers really want. Cybus is coming up. You're, you're heading along. Um, do you expect to be fielding a lot of API-related questions there? I, I think so. I mean, I've, I've, I'm really excited about Cybos this year because we haven't been able to be in person since 2019. I think that's the first thing. I think the second thing is that, is that despite not being able to be in person, I think our delivery of capabilities come a long way in the last three years, right? I think the maturity of our customers has improved. Our own maturity around how we deliver has improved. And so I'm really excited about being able to talk to customers about how we can help them move away from some of these legacy arrangements into being able to consume data in a more real-time manner. Now, I think that that has a number of different tangibles with it. I mean, for example, if we take, a, if we take security, I think this is, there's an opportunity for us to use the APIs that we offer, and they're closed APIs. You can't just access them. You need to have you know, a number of security hurdles put in place so that you can consume APIs. Just let me make that point firstly. But, um, but if, we, if, we, if we compare an API method to a batch method, in a batch method, you know, a customer might or a customer system might create some type of file that needs to go to the bank for exchange. Now, that file... Um, has information in it, it needs to be parked somewhere, then picked up by a process and then transmitted to the bank. And so that information sort of sits at rest for a period of time. 
Now, if you wanted to improve your security posture around the way that you transmit or move data around your organization, moving from a batched-based data at rest environment to a more secure streamed environment where information is only sent when it is needed to be sent and received when it is needed to be received, right? That is a much more secure security posture for a customer to be working within. Now, that requires a lot of, you know, to some degree, change to the customer's environment, especially if they're a legacy uh, or if they work in legacy batch-based mechanisms. But I think that that is a great way of improving something like security. If I talk, also talk about you know customers wanting to receive money quickly, but pay it out, you know perhaps less quickly, right? Everybody wants to receive money fast. Not too many people want to pay it away fast. Okay. Now we can help customers do both, but I think the receiving money quickly is a really big differentiator. Now, we've had this in the past, right? We've had real-time payments around for quite some time. But where it makes a difference is where you can couple the receipt of the incoming payment in real time together with the data that flows with it, right? The gap in the past has been payment real-time, data at some deferred stage. With APIs, you can get both the payment and the data at the same time. And that helps you as a corporate being able to allocate payments, being able to act on that. The example I gave earlier about helping customers with client monies management or being able to open an account and then trade, this data that flows along with the payment is really, really important. So I think that that is an, an, another thing that I'm excited about talking to customers about. I think the the, the, the simpler things also around just being able to more dynamically engage with your customers to help them solve problems. In the past, and I've spoken about this at Cybus before, in the past, you know, a bank would produce a solution. Let's call it a product. And that product would be consumed by a customer. But the product is what we define as a bank, not what the customer might want. Now, it might be fit for purpose for 95, 90%, 80% of what they want. But again, we create it, not them. In an API world, we create a number of services. So we don't create the product per se. We create services that can then be curated by the customer into their product and their product offering. And so when I talk about helping customers enable their own strategy, this is really the secret source that sort of sits behind it, right? Actually, we've got a new product that we're coming to market with. Now, the product itself is actually around a hundred different objects that are all individually API services. Now, how a customer decides to consume that, we don't define it. It's up to the customer. We'll say, here is the, you know, here is a range of services that you can consume. How you want to consume it is up to you. So your solution, so to speak, is what you want, not what we want. Okay, and I think this is really interesting as we move into the new realm of banks providing product type PCM trade services to their customers because we're not creating the product anymore. We're creating a framework that a customer can use to create their own product enablement. That was On Air by ANZ Institutional. Be sure to like, follow or subscribe to hear more. This podcast is intended as thought leadership material. It is not published with the intention of providing any direct or indirect recommendations or to influence any person to make a decision in relation to any financial product or class of financial products. 
It is general in nature and does not take account of the circumstances of any individual or class of individuals. For further information, please refer to the full disclaimer at institutional.anz.com.